Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the Agenda Podcast, a podcast where you, the listeners, send in the questions and you, the listeners, set the agenda. On this week's show, we have Connor O'Neill. Hello, Connor, you okay? Afternoon, Ian, you okay, mate? Yeah, not too bad. As well as uh, myself, Ian Kroll. We'll both be reading out and answering all your questions sent in via Facebook and Twitter. All questions relating to Everton and the Blues, obviously. Um, Connor, let's get let's get straight to it. We've got a um, nine or ten questions from... Everton fans who've submitted via Facebook and Twitter. Um, Tom DeGroff, he's submitted the first question. Um, basically, he said, in a team that is largely unchanged from the stellar end to last year's campaign, why such a misery? Furthermore, outside of the top two, the early season has been shocking for many clubs. Please explain. Well, I think the, the largely unchanged is a bit bit wrong in, in my opinion because yeah, I think yeah. you, you look at the, the side that finished last season you know Kertzun was instrumental at the back he's no longer there Yanni Mean has come in and took his place in the heart of midfield you know Fabian Delft's come in then you know up top it, it's been much of a much of a kind of one-off Calvert-Lewin or Mosey Keane who's come in then he's out, out wide you've had Bernard Richarlison Awobi yeah. um, Phil Walcott's obviously given the nod against Manchester City so it's it's I don't think it's as clean as clear cut as saying it's largely unchanged because I think it has been massively unchanged, massively unchanged yeah, if yeah, we're being I, honest over since the start of the season. And I think, if anything, towards the end of last season, Silver kind of had his best team in mind and played that best team on a weekly basis. Whereas this year, I think it's the total opposite, if I'm being honest. I think he doesn't really know his best team. He sits doesn't know his best formation. And that's kind of evident in the team selections and the changes that he, he continues to make. So for, for me, I, I think... As well, I think you've got to look at the context now as well. Is you know, there's no doubt that them results last year were, were fantastic towards the NC special ones at, at Goodison. But probably barring the Chelsea and the Arsenal results, you know, you look at the we we beat Burnley. Burnley have so far been a bit, bit stuttering so far this season. We beat Manchester United four 0 which you know look fantastic. But now you look at them, they pretty much have become a, a fallen, a fallen former side haven't they in, yeah, many, yeah. In, in terms of the challenges so can you say that that was such an emphatic result now on, on reflection probably not if, if we're being honest because mm. you know they've been beaten by West Ham they've been beaten by you know a, a pretty much a lot of teams uh, so far this season obviously they, they were held by Arsenal but you know they were quite convincingly convincingly beat by Newcastle well, not convincingly but they were you know out for and out battled by, by Newcastle who, who, who again meant to be a poor side so I don't really think you can look too much into the unchanged side, and I think in terms of the you know the misery, I think it's just because nothing's changed on the, the 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 kind of the weaknesses of last season. I think you know last season was expectations probably high as well going. Well, into I the... think last season you know everyone knew we had a problem with set pieces. You know, everyone kind of questioned the the Sigurdsson role in the team moving forward. I think there was a lot of you know kind of mid season talk of of Silver kind of being 
the right man for the job this you know last season. I think you look back at that run from December into, into February, it was there was a lot of question marks, and I think the the problem this season so far is that them questions of of quickly come back on the horizon, and if anything now he's probably under more pressure than, than he ever was then because. People are just fed up of seeing the same things served up constantly on a weekly basis. And I think that is ultimately the reason for the misery. Okay, Tom, I hope that answers your question. Um, Connor's answered it there for you. Connor, have you got the, another question for yeah, me? It, Good luck in pronouncing uh, this name. <laughs> Zibzag Bonek. Yeah, um, Zibzag. <laughs> why, why stick to a strategy and lineup that does not provide points? Do, um, do, do, you, do, do you agree with the... The thing that doesn't provide points and it's not going to provide points first. Um, I think it, it obviously it has provided points in the past. So to say it does not provide points is obviously probably a little bit wider than mark. I think at the moment his strategy and you know his tactics and how he sets up um, his first eleven is is something to be questioned. I think it's it's a very difficult one, which is has been discussed many times. But I, I feel that if he starts chopping and changing things around too much, then people will start to think that he, he might be a little bit too desperate. Although I do agree that something has got, got to change because four defeats in a row, you, you know, you can't keep doing the same thing every week and expecting different results. It's it's just not going to happen. He's obviously been hamstrung by, um, like we've said, players leaving and maybe not being replaced, uh, players being injured, like key players being injured as well. Um, so that hasn't, that hasn't helped. You know, People basically saying that Marco Silva wants to go to from the the four two three one um, to a four three three. Um, I, I don't see why, no reason why he can't do that now. Um, you know, I just there's certain players there who just aren't pulling the weight at all. Morgan Snyderlin, one of them. I think Gilfie Sigurdsson does try to pull his weight. I just when it doesn't work for him, he you can tell that you know he drops off a little bit. I just don't think he sits that that suits that style of play at, at all. You know, do you not think though? In, in in, I mean, certainly for me, ahead of the Burnley game, I, I felt he should have made kind of swung the accent and made changes and mm-hmm. you know completely switched the formation because I think that would have proved that. He has watched the last three games like the rest of us. He has seen where we're going wrong. Mm. He has seen that's not working, it's not being good enough. And to just stick with the same rugged, like the rigged firm at 4 2 3 1 formation with the same personnel, yeah. just, just kind of, for me, just kind of stunk of a man who's in denial. No, and, it, it, and, 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 you know, he was in, he was almost kind of, you know, doesn't believe that it's going as bad as what he, he, he everyone else clearly thinks. It, it's frustrating because, you know, everyone can see it. So why can't he? So he, he must be. Being stubborn, that's it. that's the only other ex- explanation um, for it. But it's it's a tough one because he has been hamstrung by by certain things. And is is he basically saying to the likes of Brands and, and Mashiri, well, we've we've had a terrible, you know, transfer window. This is all I've got. This is all I can I can I can do. That that could be. If you're going to look at things cynically, that could be an, another thing that he's doing. I'd I'd like to think not. You know, because it's going to. Inevitably, if we keep losing football games, it's going to cost him his job, isn't it? Mm. Um, it's a tough one. I think coming up West Ham in a you know a week on Saturday, you know we said it in the fan podcast that if you know he he, he picks the exact same team and formation and setup as he has been doing, you know you're just going to be deflated because you just think West Ham are just going to completely exploit that. That's how, that's how I feel anyway. Um, Okay, Zibzit, what was it? 
Zipzak. Zipzak, thank you for your question there. Um, third question from Rob Kelly to Connor. <laughs> why does every corner kick feel like a penalty? Because we're just absolutely dreadful defending them. That's, that's why. And we, and we look like we're going to concede from every every time we concede one. I mean, you know, Saturday's game, we actually had a warning sign in the first half where Burnley done the routine that he scored the goal from. I know that Jordan Pickford blocked Hendrick's shot with his, his legs, prevents the team from falling behind early doors. And it's just, you know, it doesn't seem to be anything that, you know, we just don't seem to learn anything from the set pieces. And I think there was a, a very good clip on goals on Sunday. Anyone who's not seen it highlighting the, the actual winning goal. And if you actually watch it, two Burnley players kind of shield Schneidlin. So in terms of when the ball gets played over, if he goes to turn out towards the back post, he can't because he's actually being blocked by two Burnley players, allowing Hendrick a kind of free run at the back post, which which he obviously executed with, with perfection. And there's also another clip of Michael Keane clearly shouting to someone to pick Hendrick up at the back post. But no one's here. But obviously, because of the way the zonal marking system works, you're not allowed to leave your zone so to go and pick a player up. You, you effectively mark your area, not a pick, not a player. And for me, it's just it's just pathetic. Now, there's, there's no the, the the reason why the reason why, as Rob says, it feels like a penalty is because it's, it's pathetic now. Because time and time again, we can see them, and, and it's and you can feel the like the anxiousness around the fans when we can see them because everyone's thinking. Here we go again. We're playing a big team. They get the, if they get the, if they get the, the the ball right to the box. Yeah, we're under pressure, and it, and that should be happening. And for me, you know that that's a massive massive floor of silvers because this has been a problem now for what since he come since he arrived at the club pretty much. And if we're being honest, it's, it's a massive massive floor of his managerial reign at other clubs. Does this go back to his, to the other question over stubbornness and not not pro- changing? Pro- probably yeah. I mean, I don't understand how and why they've not come up with a formula of defending them. Because it's clear that we we do have problems, you know, we can see a lot of goals from them. And like I said, I think there's there's no there's a couple of stats that, you know, wherever he's been, this team's always conceded a high number of goals from set pieces. So it's clearly something that he's just either doesn't really care about or just doesn't think deserves warrants the time to work on that. You know, you see other managers who meticulously work on set pieces defending and attacking them. And I think the other thing to say as well is you know, when was the last time we we scored a goal off a set piece mm. ourselves? Because so I don't think I don't think we're working on them at either end of the pitch, to be honest, let alone. But sadly for us, we do concede. It's becoming a, a running joke now of, of the set-piece scenario. OK, Robbie, a running joke, as a, as Connor so aptly put it there. Um, next question from Carl Bloxham. Go on, Connor. So revisiting my sign, signing Chris Wood, coming from a while back, should we have gone with him in the off-season knowing we would get guaranteed five to eight league goals or are we happy with our current strikers output? <laughs> this is a brilliant question, by the way. Because... This, is, this is such a hard question because... <laughs> um, for, the, for those who don't know, Carl, basically pre-season, um, touted Chris Wood, Burnley striker, as a, a potential target for Everton. He is a New Zealander though, Carl, isn't he? Yes, he, he is. is, he is. And, um, so I think he was just keen to be the marketing for his No, yeah, absolutely. Back in his hometown, he, he, wanted, he wanted his, uh, his New Zealander pal in the Everton team, which fair enough. Um, he's probably scored more goals than any of our strikers <laughs> this, this season. <laughs> yeah. um, Chris Wood, I, I mean, he wouldn't have been on my my first choice of probably top five, top ten targets. Really, um, it, it's a tough one because. You know, Moise Keane's come in and basically coming out of nowhere. Um, you don't really know what the thinking behind that is, other than you know Marcel Brands and Marco Silva. I've um, I've seen something that, that that we haven't. He scored a couple of goals for Juventus at the back end of last season, but I think they'd already 
uh, clinched the title and, you know, Dominic Carvert-Lewin's, you know, developing and, but, you know, he's not, he's not really a youngster anymore, Dominic Carvert-Lewin, he's got to, he's got, he's got to start showing that he, he can be a goal scorer, whether he is that type of player, probably going to say no, but I think he, he does offer something to the team. I just think we, Chris Wood, um, Although we probably could do with using him now, I don't think he, he should have been anywhere near our list of targets. I thought we we probably should have had a, f a few more, really, um, a few more top top uh, top end strikers do, who we could have uh, potentially bought. But we ended up with what we got, and 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 that was it, really. I think if we'd end up with Moise Keane and another top striker, I would have been you know very happy. But but we didn't. We've we've bought potential. Who's you know he's not gonna you're not gonna. Uh, see the best of him probably for another two, three years and then it's going to be too late for Marco Silva then, isn't it? Um, okay, Carl, I hope that answers your question. Um, next one, Mike McIver. He, this was submitted by Facebook and it wasn't really a question, but I've added it. He's just put in big block capital letters, SACH now. <laughs> so I added the question. Um, Connor, would you sack Silva now? 100%. 100%, yeah. yeah. I can't believe we didn't sack him on Sunday, struck Monday, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Because I think Saturday proved that nothing really is going to change. Nothing really is going to improve under the under his guidance. We're just going around in circles. We plummeted into the relegation zone, which is a, a massive, massive worry. Because one thing, you, one thing about this side is there's big question marks where they've got the fight in the belly and their ability to roll the sleeves up when the going gets tough. And, you know, I know it's only early days and stuff, but if we do get sucked in by Christmas and when you know, we haven't turned the corner like we, we imagine we will do, then we are in for a long couple of months and you've got to have players who have got the ability to roll the sleeves up and, and really have a go. And I don't know if we haven't. I just think for me, Silva now has run his course. I think nothing's much going to change. I think inevitably we are going to sack him. So I think we should just get out the way now because I don't see the point in sort of prolonging it. And then eventually sacking him. We might suppose well, now was would have been a perfect chance to, to get him out, get someone in, or you know, look at kind of a strategic plan going forward. You wouldn't really want to be doing it where it's you know, say we, we lose to West Ham and I don't I think if I think if we lose to West Ham he won't survive anyway, but even if we draw and then we get beat to see Brighton and he goes on the you know the Sunday after Brighton, you've got Watford at home on the Tuesday night in the in the Carabao Cup and that's a massive game and you don't really want to be going into that with you know, someone in caretaker charge or, you know, a bit of turmoil. So for me, I, I would, sadly, I would, I would part ways from him. Now, I think there's two reasons why more aren't calling for his, his, his head, if I'm being honest. I think the first is that there's kind of a, so many, a lack of options out there available who, who come in. You know, you look at the, the betting and you know, the top five names don't inspire with much confidence. And that's not looking likes of Chris Wilder. And Eddie Howe, who were quite high up on the on the betting list because they've done you know, relatively good jobs at the clubs they're at. But for what we're aiming for, etc., it doesn't inspire it much confidence. And you know, I think the other name that is is continuing to random about is you know David Moyes potentially coming in is even just till the end of the season. Again, it's another one of them where you know is it a, a massive step backwards going turning to someone who you know done well for the club in his eleven years he was there, but. Towards the end, looked as though it was going stale and things were, were coming to a kind of an abrupt end. If, if we're being honest, you look back at the you know Moises final couple of months in charge and you know his record anyway. Last couple of 
jobs he's been at doesn't strike you with much confidence anyway, you mm. know what I mean? So, and I think this, the second one is, you know, the, the chaos that the last mid-season second brought the club. I mean, you, you know, you look back to, you know, Ronald Koeman had to go when he when he did go. It was, you know, it, it hit. If we think Silver's hit the end of the road, then Koeman had hit the end, end of the road ten times harder than, than Silver has right now. But it was just a simple chaos that it brought. I mean, the lack of plan. There was no strategic plan. Well, the, the was it just felt like there was so many voices behind the scenes who, who were pushing for one thing or another. I mean, we ended up, you know, David Unsworth coming in, and at one point it looked like he was going to be given the job. Then it was he's not going to be given the job. Then he was getting an extension on caretaker role because we'd failed in who we wanted, and it was just a mess. And I think that puts people off. Well, you've just hit the nail on the head there. Like, surely, you know, you've just mentioned the absolute chaos and mess that we were in following the sacking of, of Koeman. I don't think anyone in the Everton hierarchy could have envisaged the start of the season four league defeats in a row have left us in the bottom three. Do you think the lack of maybe planning and shortlisting over the past w- couple of weeks, because it didn't really need to happen, did it, has, has ham- well, not hampered, but stopped Silver from getting the sack, do you think? Well, no, because I, take I, place now. no, because I, I would like to think that we we had a succession plan anyway for Silver for the departure of Silver. I mean, you know, Marcel Brands is clearly you know a top top football administrator in, in terms of the way he goes about his business. You know, he's widely regarded around around the world, and you know we should have a contingency plan if Silver was to depart the club in a negative or a positive way. I mean, you know, he he could have come into this season winning games on the bounce, and you know, Benfica or Porto could have been could, could come calling for him from Portugal, and he could have. Because mm. I've left to go there. No, fair so, point. Fair so, point. so I think for me, we should have a contingency plan and a plan set up for if Silver was to leave the club. I think any sensible football club would, would have that plan and would would, would be would be thinking that way. And you know, I think f- that'll be where we'll really see whether if we do you know if Silver's time does come to an end, which I think if we're being honest, it's all a matter of when and if when more than if if if, if right now this minute. Um, that's when we'll really see how good Marcel Brand is, in my opinion, because he needs to have struck a plan, struck, you know, it needs, the second needs to happen and it needs to be all sort of free-flowing, everyone knows where we stay. We can't have a repeat of the Allardyce when we appointed Allardyce where it was backwards and forwards, you know, supposedly one board member wanted to rain Brunsworth, another board member wanted to bring Allardyce in. Hmm. Machete wanted silver initially, but didn't get him, you know, and... Steve Walsh was then thrown as as two pence worth into the, to the mix, and we can't afford to have that because whether we like it or not, you know we're at the wrong end of the table, <laughs> and we've got a big couple of months coming up because you look at the the fixtures now: West Ham at home, Brighton away. Then I think it's Spurs at home mm-hmm. following the, the Carabao Cup tie. Then I think we've got one more game before another international break. But then you're looking at when we, we, December's December's a pretty bleak month. I mean, I myself and, and Paul Wheelock who you know, as a regular on both the Royal podcast and the Youth from the Street, we're, we're looking at our, ourselves today. And, you know, our eight games from the start of January to New Year's Day include Leicester, Man United, Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Burnley and Newcastle. They're hard, hard games and we can't afford to be going into them <laughs> nervously sort of over the relegation. We need to have points on the board by them because they will be tough games and you know, we've seen already this season the, the tough opposition to play. So, to answer the question, yeah, I, I would sack him now. I think, <laughs> in I think, short, I think in short, yeah, I think we've hit, we've hit the end of the line. Just, just very quickly on on that question, as well, do you think we haven't sacked them because there is a lack of a shortlist and plan, or brands and Mishiri are willing to give him time? 
I, I, I hope it's the latter. I hope it's the latter. Because if we've not sacked them because we haven't got a plan or we've got we've got nothing lined up, then it's clear we're in trouble. Because, you know, they should have been, like I said, we should have a contingency plan anyway, but they should have known after like Aston Villa and Sheffield United that things were taking a turn for the worst and they should mm. start looking at alternative alternative things. I think it is the latter. I think, I think you know, Mashiri effectively needed Silver to work out because, you know, this would be why his third fell manager now. He's, he's appointed to the club. He's, you know, appointed to Ronald Koeman, mm. Sam Allardyce, Marco Silver, if he goes, that's, you know, it's his third fell manager. It's, that doesn't look good for an owner when you keep, you know, hiring and sacking them because you're ultimately making the wrong choice. So, I know, obviously, I know Marcel Brands wasn't involved and it'd be interesting to see this time round if, as Marcel Brands obviously has what we perceive as football control, control over football and matter on the board, what way he goes about it. But, no, I do think, I do, I hope it's the latter and I do think it's the latter. I think they are willing to give him more time. Um, but he's even missed himself to hasn't he? That, He's got to beat West Ham. Yeah. It's, it's a must-win game. Well, Burnley was um, a must-win game. <laughs> but I think the fact he's come out and, you know, this, we've seen reports, haven't we, that his job is safe for now, yeah. which basically means, you know, the next two games are crucial. Well, we will see. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'll read this one and ask this question, answer this question because it's a bit of a funny one. Robbie Forfar... There's obviously no hidden meaning behind this one, Connor. He's basically said, what's a P45? <laughs> so he, he obviously wants Silver to go. But Robbie, just for the purpose of the question, I'll give you the answer. A P45 is a certificate given to an employee at the end of a period of employment. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> um, well, this this next one is, is going to completely go ahead. De- derail my little mini rant there because... Go ahead, you can still rant. Lilgeberg, if that's how you pronounce it, sorry, Carl, has asked... You talked about being sick of the performance. Well, I am sick of hearing sack. We have done that too many times since Martinez. If we sack Silva, we will be in exactly the same place we was after sacking Cumin. The squad have major problems, yes, but what we need now is stability. This is a long-term project, and by sacking just in the start of the season, we'll solve nothing. We just shoot ourselves in the foot again. Um, so do, 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 you know, do you look at it and think, is, is, is the club hitting the panic button? Are us fans, like Mike myself, who thinks he should be sacked? Yeah. Are we just hitting the panic button and panicking too soon? No, I don't think we. If, if Silver was to go, I don't think we'd be hitting the panic button. For those who've listened to any of the podcasts and any, see anything that I tweet, I've been, um, you know, an avid fan of Silver and you know the project that Mishiri and um, Brands have, um, you know, trying to implement at the club. You know, bringing young, um, young players in with potential, with huge sell-on value, who hopefully are going to develop and, and improve the team and. They brought in a coach what seemed to be the type of coach to, you know, aid those players and develop them himself and just make them better players. Um, I just, I hate it when at the start of something, it's not just us who have used it, when football clubs talk about a project, like this is the project that we're doing, because when it stalls halfway through because the man in charge is not good enough Mm. to be... um, in, in charge of the project, in charge of the team and the football team, that's when people start thinking, well, you've hit the panic button and stuff like that. You know, Silver went through a bad patch last season, didn't he? We, we all, we all um, you know, were a part of that. It was so frustrating, especially after the, the Merseyside derby. He managed to um, have a really good back end to the season and, you know, expectation was huge going into the summer, going into the new season, but we didn't. We just, 
we, we lost a couple of our best players and we didn't replace and we didn't even we didn't have att- attempt really to strengthen on that some of the players that we brought in this summer I think certainly been questionable um the, the problem with the project is if, if you haven't got the right man at the helm then then that, that becomes an issue doesn't it I think sacking a manager is obviously not not ideal but if, if you've got a man there who just can't win football matches then it's it's clearly an issue you know if you if you look at the likes of Obviously, you've got to look at the likes of the, the two most successful teams of recent history in um, over the past couple of years. You look at um, Klopp and, and Guardiola; they, they've all they've won trophies. But even when they've hit a bad patch, they've still managed to win football games. Mm-hmm. Silvers n- not doing that. You know they've been part of a you know a long term project as well. And I'm sure Klopp and Guardiola have, have set that out from the beginning. But if they'd started losing football matches during that period, like a lot of football matches, they, they, they would have been sacked. I don't remember some of the top top um, managers and top clubs losing four games in a row. It, it's a tough one. I think at the moment, Silver's on a, a game-by-game basis. You know, we beat West Ham, he's, he's probably still going to be in the job. Um, we lose to West Ham, 99% sure that he, he will be sacked. But then after that, you move, you move on to Brighton. Um, you know, a fixture where we got beat last season, didn't perform well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the cup. So effectively, your season, you know, the two realistic options of winning a trophy for this season, we could potentially already be out of one in the League Cup. Um, sacking, Carl is not ideal. But if you're losing football games, then you, you, you need to be sacked. There's, there's something not right. And there is a mitigating circumstances behind this. Silver's not just doing it. I believe it's... it's it's bigger than Marco Silva. It's a it's a club issue, but the players that we've got aren't terrible. He should still be getting a, a lot more out of those, those players, especially the teams that we faced um, in the likes of, albeit you know very organised defences, but the likes of Sheffield United and, and Villa have only just come off from the Championship. You know we we, we should be doing better than and, and beating them. I think just on that then, I ask this next one. Go on, Martin. Just because you want to avoid answering Ma- it. That's no, right. no, Martin Jameson. Has asked having a big guy, I feel like a big athletic guy running around up top on his own without passing to him doesn't work. Playing a possession game in the middle of the park without the ball hardly ever ends up in the opposition's area, it doesn't work. So, only marking for defending set pieces, at least with the group of players we have got, doesn't work. If I can see the above, why can't those in charge see that? Evans' display against Burnley was that, was what has become more, become routine, ineffective, zero possession, low energy, and above all, boring. Please discuss. Well, I think we have discussed yeah. that in length, haven't we? I before think he, it, and I think Martin is just basically he's just highlighted why basically Marco Silva should be sacked. Yeah, everything <laughs> in um, you know in a, in a couple of paragraphs there why Everton have, have lost four league games in a row and sit mm. third from bottom. Um, I, I, you can't disagree with with any of that, um, and we've spent. It's not as if we haven't, you know, we've been doing it on a, a budget. Mm. We've spent a lot of money as well. Okay, a lot of the mess. Still exists in in the current squad from from previous regimes, so it's it is a bit of a, a bit of a mismatch match. But I think I'm sick to death of a manager coming in with a, a philosophy because it, it just doesn't work unless you've got you know multi talented world class mm-hmm. players. You the manager need to adapt to what your squad's strengths are. That's the only way. Um, you know teams like Everton, who can't attract world class players are going to be successful. It's 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 the only way. And Silva is just falling into the into the trap of previous Everett managers who've 
you know, stunk the gaff out because they've either been stubborn, they can't see what what the issue is, or you know, they just want to be sacked and have a big payoff. <laughs> that's only, it's the only thing I can think of. Um, so thanks for that, Martin. Um, next question I will read out for Connor is from Liam Fitz. Good question. This. Do you think Marcel Brands is as much to blame as the manager, if not more? That is a difficult question because <clears throat> obviously a lot remains to be seen as who signed the players this summer, whether it was Brands. But that, it was that's Silver, another issue in well, itself, well, isn't it? it was, that is another issue. And I imagine we can answer that one um, if Silver departs the club in more depth, for being honest, because I would imagine that stories would emerge if Silver was to you know, be sacked. Of who bought the plays, what was going on, etc., etc. I think mm. right now, this minute, it's, it's probably too hard to examine who, if Marcel Brands is to blame. I think, like I alluded to earlier, I think Marcel Brands will come in to the spotlight if Silver is sacked and he isn't a contingency plan because he should be all over that. He should be the man setting out. This. He should be the man sitting there now with with a full document ready to go. You know, ready to go as soon as the you know Ken Wright or Machery. Well, I imagine it's Machery more than Ken Wright. It's the panic, but it's the button that says you know enough's enough. It's over. That's when his plan of action should, you know, should swing into full flow. Mm -hmm. So I imagine we can only really answer that if, if Silver departs the club. We we always seem to see nothing but good about Marcel Brands, do we? So it'd be wrong to now all of a sudden just turn on him and, and be old. No, I, I don't think it's like anyone saying sack oh, Marcel oh, oh, Brands oh, 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 and turn on him and say, you know, he, he kind of to blame for this current run of form. I don't think Marcel Brands sets us up to defend set pieces zonally. And I don't think Marcel Brands is telling Marco Silva to play 4-2-3-1. And they the big two issues at the minute that are really affecting Silva. So to blame at the minute, no, I don't think you can. But I think he will come into under scrutiny in the coming weeks if, if Silva does leave the club. I mean, just on that, obviously, Connor's um, given give his opinion to Liam's question there. But my, my opinion, I'm not privy to any inside information at all. But I think, obviously, there's there's got to be some sort of initial meeting, you know, about recruitment meeting of, of what players to go in but I would say that Brands is, is the one sign, signing the players mm -hmm. I, that's that's my opinion um, Silver obviously, obviously has input but he in this director of football role that Brands is in sorry and then Silver's like head coach role he's the one who's just to you know coach the players mm -hmm. whether, whether you agree with that I, no no I, 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 I do to an extent but you know I think you look back at you know the Alex Wolby signing you know Master Silver spoke quite highly about Keeney was to secure him, and you know that seemed very no, much. No, yeah, like I mean that was his. So yeah, yeah. So you know, Richarlison, I imagine, would have been Marco Silva's, you know, signing because he's obviously been keen on him. He's been a success. He was, he, 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 he's been, you know, he's probably been keen on him since he was at Watford and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I would agree that I think Marcel Brands does have a lot of say over the transfers and the policy going forward. But like I say, I don't think you can really read too too much into Marcel Brands' role right now. I think it will come under scrutiny in the coming weeks, and like I say, I don't think. Marcel Brands is in a Finch Farm telling Marco Silva to play 4-2-3-1, defends, defends only off on corners and etc. Because yeah. I don't think that is his resale, you know, his remit. And I hope not, because if he is if he is doing that, then yeah, he is to, he is to blame. Is. He is to blame, you know, he is, he is to blame. So, no, I, I, I don't think we can blame him right now this minute. Okay, uh, last question then. Is it me or you? Well, it's it's quite a simple one, really. Should Sigurdsson be dropped from the team? And that's from John Barber. Um, John? I'm gonna say he should be dropped from the team, but that I should go. I would, I would emphasise that anyone who's not performing to the best of their ability mm. and not, you know, having key impacts on the game should be dropped from the team. Um, you know, obviously that comes with 
other players who were, you know, and uh, and squad depth and stuff like that. Something which we're quite clearly um, lacking in at the moment with Kabamon and um, injured and Gomez now not obviously still not fully fit. Kabamon don't know when he's going to be back, but I know Tom he Davis seeing me not getting a look in. No, well, exactly. But you know, it just goes back to why is it, why is he not changing it? I do think he's got he's still got limited options, but. You know, it is a strange one for me with the Tom Davis um, thing because it was only last season where Marco Silva had him as his captain, mm-hmm. um, and now you know he's just he's not getting a, getting a look in. So I don't I don't know what that's about at all. That that is a bit of a worry for me. One minute he's selecting a youth, you know, you know a young player to to be his captain, which I can understand why he's done it because he probably thought it might be too much for him now, but. In a year's time, Tom Davis can look back at that. I look back at that experience and think I'm a better, you know, more capable player yeah. for it. But we obviously haven't seen that, you know, development or resurgence from Tom Davis because he's not in the team. I think Tom Davis would be better suited to a four-three-three formation. Um, no, you're stumbling in a kind of worms, you know, aren't you? No, exactly. You can go. You can go into it now. But like coming up to the, the West Ham game, what's he actually going to do? Because Obviously, we don't. Anyone could get injured, and any, anyone can come back. But what we do know is that Gomez is, is still not fully fit. Although he might be in the team, Gabamon's not fully fit. Delph had to pull out of the England squad. Snardland is just not cutting it whatsoever. He's just not good enough to be there. Tom Davis is, is just not good enough to be there. By the looks of it, he's not even getting a chance. Um, and Sigurdsson, for all the qualities that he possesses, um, just doesn't seem to fit in. You know the formation and style that Marco. Silver, silver once, so it, it's a it's a very tough one. But I mean, I think why not try Sigurdsson out the team and what 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 arm could it do? Because if he's in the team and we get beat, it's like well, well we we got beat. Do you know what I mean? Play play, go for the four three three, change it to a four four two. You know, surely you're going to be trying these options in training and stuff like that. That's that's my answer to it anyway. Well, I'll keep it short and sweet. Go on. I, I think Sigurdsson should be dropped off the team. I don't think he's performed. Good enough for a, for a while now, and I think it is time to freshen things up and potentially go a different way without without him in the team and, and see how we go. Well, we have got attacking like other than centre, you know, the standard centre midfield. We have got more of attacking options with Bernard, Awobi, Richarlison. Probably you could say could could play mm-hmm. central. Could um, I mean I'm not advocating for this because I don't think it's the right fit for them. But you you could have to say that Moise Keane could maybe drop back a little bit, second striker, mm. Dominic Carver Lewin could could even do the same, maybe maybe in Tosin. Just just maybe try something slightly different. Um well we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, Connor, thanks very much for the Thank joining much, me on the agenda show. Um we'll be back next week with all your questions submitted via Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.